We are proud to partner with MyFlex Learning. MyFlex Learning is a scheduling platform that helps middle and high schools meet the individual needs of all students. Students can easily create and manage time for flex blocks, wind time, activity periods, RTI, counselor and teacher appointments, and so much more. Even my favorite, Synergy Time. And with its built-in accountability tool and reporting features, MyFlex Learning solves your challenges around getting kids where they need to be and understanding how flex time is spent. Make flex time work for you. Visit myflexlearning.com BE to learn more and receive $500 off your first year. That's myflexlearning.com BE. This B Podcast Network show is presented by IXL. Loved and trusted by more than 1 million teachers, IXL enhances your teaching and takes work off your plate so you can make an even bigger impact on your students. IXL delivers personalized learning across a comprehensive pre-K-12 curriculum, including math, language arts, science, and social studies, and helps you assess student performance through actionable, real-time insights. Strengthen daily instruction, close knowledge gaps quickly, and set every student up for success. Want to bring IXL to your school? Learn more at IXL.com B-E. That's IXL.com B-E. Welcome to the Principal PLN Podcast, hosted by Dr. Spike Cook, Jessica Johnson, and Teresa Stagger. Principal PLN is a weekly roundtable discussion about current topics in educational leadership. Be sure to follow our hosts on Twitter, at Dr. Spike Cook, at Principal J, and at Principal Stagger. There are many great ways to contact the PLN, follow the hashtag PrincipalPLN, or at PrincipalPLN on Twitter. You can also search and subscribe to our podcast on iTunes. All links can be found online at principalpln.com. Hey, Principal PLN crew, we are back with episode 63. How are you doing, Spike and Teresa? Fantastic. Doing awesome. And we're like we're on a roll. We're all here, all in one session. And we have another guest with us tonight. We're serving up high school on a spoon. I think, did I get that right? You did. We have Sarah, Sounds like what you practiced. <laughs> yeah, we have Sarah Johnson here from Spooner High School in Wisconsin. We have another Johnson in the house. Um, I became connected with Sarah uh, the, I don't know, this summer, end of last year. I'm not sure. Her last name is Johnson, which makes her pretty awesome to begin with, right? Um, so uh, she also has some really other neat things about her that helps balance myself. Like she runs every day, like every day. I'm not joking. She runs every day, so she's very healthy, a good model for us. Um, but we've been talking about coming back to school, and we thought we'd bring on the high school voice because high school is so different from elementary. So welcome, Sarah. Thank you. Hello. And welcome to the randomness of Principal PLN. How do you like that random welcome? It's more than amazing. <laughs> so Sarah, tell us a little bit about yourself. Okay, so um, yeah, as Jess said, I am <laughs> a Johnson from Wisconsin, and it's my fourth year. I know, I had to do it. I'm sorry. <laughs> um, <laughs> it's my fourth year in administration, um, second year in Spooner, and um, I'm pretty excited because it's the first school year that I'll be starting in the same position. Um, because my first year as an admin, I actually, it's funny, I was hired and I started two weeks into the school year as an elementary principal. 
And um, I know. And then in this, that same district, I moved into the 712 rule the second year. So this will be um, already there's a level of preparedness that I feel like I didn't have in the previous years. There really is something to be said for starting a second year in the same position. Exactly. Yeah, that's a there. There's a comfort that comes with it. It's hard when you feel like you know when you're starting your first year and you have no idea what's coming. At least you've been through it once that you you can at least expect what's coming at you, yeah. so that those things are calm, so you can really take care of anything that actually does come at you. <laughs> right. Anything that's really unexpected. Half the battle is knowing the names and the players, so that's good. I've got that in my court this year. <laughs> Very good. So you have 7 to 12 in your building? Actually, no, I'm a 9-12 now. Okay. Um, we've got about 360 students, mm. um, about 26 licensed staff members, um, and you know, our secretarial and support staff and custodians and all that. We're, it's a good, it's a good size school for Wisconsin and the Northwest region. Um, it's the biggest school that I've worked in. So, oh, go ahead, Spike. We, were, we sometimes think along the same lines, um, Jessica and I. Um, so can you tell us a little bit about how you got connected? Yeah. Um, oh, man, I don't even, how did I get connected? Twitter. <laughs> I told, yeah, I totally fell into this, honestly. I want to say that I started Twitter, it was definitely last not last year, but the year before, so two years ago. And I'm guessing I started an account at um, maybe an ASA event. And then I just started small and started following kind of some local CISA people and some professional organizations. And I remember last year, or my, that year, I was trying to get my staff into, like, have you heard about this Twitter thing? And I actually got um, my dean of students got a Twitter account and just a few people. And then and last year is when I really got into Twitter more um, in my role and started doing the hashtagging and, and following people. And I found you all through that as well. And that connected piece has just become pretty huge for me, um, working in the area that I work in, in a small rural um, location. It's you don't you usually are in small districts where you wear a ton of hats. Um, and I know that's kind of cliche, but in previous years, for example, my first uh, experiences was I was the elementary principal and the district assessment coordinator and the curriculum coordinator and the educator effectiveness coordinator um, and the Title I coordinator, just uh, much like Jess is um, in her role. And so you do, you become isolated and you um, need that extra help. And so that's. I guess the start of my journey was just totally individualized. I just was seeking something. So, Yeah, and actually that you talking about that, Sarah, reminds me that the reason you and I got connected was in talking about district assessment coordinator stuff and that yeah. hashtag. And then, so then <laughs> I started a boxer group, and I think we were all trying to survive the state assessment. Um, and that's where that grew. And that's, now we have no state assessment yet. We don't know what it is. So it's that's totally August. We have plenty of time. And actually, the best part was you started the hashtag on the Wisconsin DAC jokes, the WeDAC jokes. So humor is a good part of our lives. That's the way we stay sane, right? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. 
Um, so what um, we've been talking about what we're doing like now and what we have left to get done before the start of the school year and I'm curious of how um, what that looks like at the high school for a high school principal. Yeah, um, well I can speak to um, my current experiences. What that looks like at the high school isn't really all that different maybe from what you guys have been talking about as I've been following, you know, you're talking about doing your schedules and um, having your, your prep schedules and your special schedules and your playground duty schedules and all of that. Um, you know, the interesting part, I was just at a networking event today and we were all talking about the big things that we're you know working on like educator effectiveness and so just figuring out which staff members are on the you know summative years and figuring out um, you know scheduling all of that I think what would make high school distinct is all of the meetings that we're having now I already have um, students in the building frequently um, and not you know for summer school because we've got the athletic events so just kind of overseeing that making sure that um, the athletic uh, you know paperwork is completed that the kids are coming in jazzed and they're practicing and um, I think that a lot of times we're looking at making sure our master schedule is good so you know you have all that stuff set in the spring and I felt like we were pretty good but now the things that's interesting at the high school level um, and I know that's kind of going across the state is the transition of teachers and I'm experiencing that and when you look at the high school and you have some specified licenses that you have a uh, master schedule built where for an example you have um, tech ed teacher <laughs> um, and you have no body uh, to fill that role it makes it really really interesting and so right now I'm kind of scrambling trying to figure out where we can you know put kids where they can get a high quality education get their credits um, have class sizes not too large in case we don't have a person to teach those courses. And so. Spike and Teresa, I don't know if this happens in um, your states, but what Sarah's talking about is um, with those those certifications that not many people have, districts are like offering bonuses to people to come to their districts or they're even um, buying out their contract, not buying out their contract, but paying their fee of getting out of their contract to get them to come. Um, I was just at um, a, a, an event for our state association a couple of days ago and hearing from other high school principals of you know these stories it it's crazy yeah. and I actually just learned today that we do have a tech ed opening in our district and there are 46 districts in our state looking for a tech ed teacher right now <laughs> so um, that's that's an additional challenge Mm -hmm. um, we find that with our, um, ironically, our media specialist. Uh, I've been, I've been at, at my school for four years. We're going to be interviewing for a fifth um, media specialist. It's like a one-year job. I mean, unfortunately, it, it's shared with another building, so there's there's a, a that's a big downside to it. But each time we go through the interview process, I mean, right now I was looking at the applications, and I think there's three right now and I think only one is really certified for that so it really is uh, in some areas extremely difficult uh, for us and then other areas with like just a regular elementary school principal or um, elementary school uh, certification there's hundreds of applicants right um, I before I was um, a principal I worked in I was a music teacher and I was in K5 and then in the high school as well and so I was able to do my internship my administrative internship at the elementary and at the high school 
and I learned so much about prepping the school for the school year because it seems, you know, we feel like, and I guess when you're in the thick of it, it's probably, it probably does feel like it's a lot of the same things, but like you said, there's so many differences with just with students being in the building. I mean, marching band has started already, football practice has started already. You know, in, in our districts, we don't go to school until September 8th, but the first football games are three weeks before school starts. So they're back, you know, the last two weeks of July, they're in the building. You have to get the master schedule done, and things about the master schedule that you know, some some districts you might not have to think about, but in some, like where we were, we had, um, and because I was in the music program, I paid obviously more attention to this, but we had jazz band first hour, we had our chorale, which was our elite choral group second hour, but we had to move one of those two because there was an AP class that all the kids took that could only be offered one of those two hours. And so they moved, you know, the one class with a smaller amount of kids somewhere else. And so that's kind of something that you have to think about too, because you're when you're putting your classes where they go in the master schedule, you have to not only think about where they will fit and who can teach them, but you have to think about what students would have to take multiple classes and if they can feasibly do that based on where you've put them. Yeah. Schedule level is, I mean, I have had the fortunate ability to work with the elementary level and the middle high, and so I know what master scheduling is at both yeah. levels. Um, what I don't like having to do is touch the master schedule <laughs> in August, you know, uh, and that's where we're at. You know, it's that's a really interesting situation to be in, I guess, but, you know, we're working on it. The good thing is you have independent learners who can take virtual and online courses if we need to. Um, you know, depending upon what we can figure out here, but you know, I also have art that I'm hiring, so it's it's just one of those things. So we're and and I'm not. I know we're not alone. I like again. I just yeah. at the high school level uh, this week alone, I've been hearing about people. And actually, one of the local um, one of my local colleagues called and left a message today and said, "You're not gonna like me." <laughs> I'm going to. It <laughs> turns out, but you know, and uh, so that's just that's part of it, I guess. But I know the kids are um, right now; they're ready. They they're they're ready to come in and learn, and we got to be ready to give them their education. So yeah. All right, so Sarah, if I um, say I'm I'm moving to Wisconsin and I'm considering going to uh, or sending my kids to Spooner, even mm. though my kids are young, <laughs> um, what? would you say makes your high school stand out? Like, What are some cool things that are going on and what are some cool things that are on the agenda for this year? So um, for our area, what makes our school stand out, because I mentioned the fact that it's a little bit bigger, we have several small schools very close in proximity. But we have a lot to offer and it might not sound like really awesome for anybody who has a large high school that's listening, but we have multiple um, in addition to the coursework where a lot of the schools won't have cross-country and volleyball and football to offer where we do and we also have soccer so um, for the fall sports alone and then we've got clubs we've got a thriving FFA program at our school that is constantly winning awards um, so that's just for those of you who don't know that's the future farmers of America is that correct <laughs> that's exactly what and it is if we don't have farmers we don't oh, have food that's right I had to you know what Sarah what I had to show that I think I showed these two 
yeah. um, on F during FFA week was drive your tractor to school day. That's right. Because they yeah. didn't believe me. We haven't had like ride yeah. your goat to school, you know, yet. Oh, well, our, our, our FFA brings in their animals and they do a petting zoo for the kids. So it was bring your goat to school day. That's awesome. Uh, in the do they, kids, do oh, they play ahead. that song, You Think My Tractor's Sexy? We have, well, it's not appropriate for school, Spike. <laughs> oh, can you hear the lightning and thunder yeah, crashes? Yeah. Thunder. It was a, it was a dark and stormy night at Spooner High. Okay, so here's a question that I'm going to see who can answer this. Okay. Do you know how to play donkey ball? Donkey basketball. Donkey ball. No it's just donkey ball? Yeah, you know, Sarah. Donkey basketball. Yeah, right? donkey basketball. Okay. <laughs> yeah. I, just I need to learn. Yeah. That sounds amazing. I got no. nothing on this Johnson crew. Yeah. You don't. But I, but I want in. <laughs> right. You play basketball on donkeys. Oh, stop. Uh huh. On your stop. gym floor. <laughs> on your gym floor. Mm-hmm. Real donkeys. Stop it. Real donkeys. Who donkeys on your gym floor? Wait a minute. I'm calling BS. Something doesn't smell right here. No. I will have to find a picture. No My first year no, here, I, need to see that. I got invited to play on the donkey basketball team. <laughs> Jess, you dunked off that donkey, donkey, didn't you? That was hard I to say. Oh, you yeah. You dunked on that donkey. <laughs> <laughs> no, I didn't. No, my donkey didn't move. Like, I was trying to push the thing. Like, come on, let's go. They have them trained, guys. Spike and Teresa, they have them trained so that they have the ones that will just, like, stop on you and make yeah, you look like a total fool in the crowd. It's awesome. Yeah, and you can't even do anything. Yeah. I'm How serious, not, guys. This is a real thing. How does it not tear up your gym floor? Yeah. Come on. They I ask those questions. What's going to happen? Wow, I think that's a great fundraiser. It is. I feel like that's. I feel like that needs to be. Oh I think I need to bring that up to my school before. I just looked it up. I just <laughs> looked it up. Donkey. All right. For those of you who live anywhere else besides Wisconsin, donkey <laughs> basketball is a variation on the standard game of basketball played on a standard basketball court, but in which the players ride donkeys. A donkey <laughs> basketball game is usually staged at. A one-shot fundraising event, typically in public schools. <laughs> in Wisconsin. So it you, didn't say that, but now you really want to move here, don't you, Spike? Uh, no, actually, what I want to do oh, no. now <laughs> is I want to do this as a fundraiser, and I'm going to talk to some of my staff about I it because know, right? it's a oh, so they you just sit on the donkey, and then it's not like. Everyone's riding donkey. They don't like ride around. No. Oh. No, you they shoot it over. right off the donkey. <laughs> it's still We're kind of almost. It's like water polo, but with donkey. And We're doing this. <laughs> you know what? We're doing this. I could just see it now. Okay, let's get back on track, people. Is yes. that the next? Is that the next podcast? Wait. We're all gonna get on donkey. It is now. And, so Sarah. And Camp Donkey. Sarah. <laughs> yeah. My I have my a question for her. I will get her back. No, I want to finish this real quick. So <laughs> if I'm going to your school, do you have donkey ball? Um. I, not in, currently in the plan, but I bet we're gonna have to. We did have the um the Harlem Wizards. Last year. Oh, everybody has them. Oh, okay, fine. <laughs> I yeah, had never seen them. I, I had never seen them before I came to Spooner, so that was pretty cool for me. 
All right, go ahead, Jess. Okay, so Sarah, (laughs) now that you're in your second year of this same position, what is like your focus right now as a principal going into your second year? So now, um, this is an easy one, it's not specified to high school, but I have been able to spend a year learning, you know. Um, We actually had all of our staff this year on Um, So I have a good amount of baseline data and a strong background for discussions on instructional practices. So I'm really actually quite thrilled. I'm looking at building a a strong shared leadership structure with a leadership team. And so for me, I'm just really excited about getting those things in place. Um, In Spooner, um, we have struggled with culture um, building and anybody who's in Wisconsin is kind of, <laughs> most people know that. Um, so I'm going to be looking at some cultural rewiring and also um, at the high school level uh, our multi-level systems of support is not in place in, in Spooner and I don't think that's completely uncommon to the high school. That's one thing that I would say that um, we don't have really a strong foundation in a lot of the districts. Um, but we're working on that, and I'm really excited. So we're getting some solid plans together for utilizing a 36-minute common period to, you know, basically get the kids what they need for some skill recovery, um, some enrichment, some, you know, extra help from peer tutors or teachers or whatever that happens to be. So just kind of excited putting my arms around something and not just being always sitting back learning and saying well you know help me understand why it was this way now I know why and I can start putting my boots to the ground so. have you what what um, have you read any books on school culture to help you guide what you're doing no I've been reading uh, some of the articles that Peter DeWitt has put out on school culture mm-hmm. and um, I will on my list is the uh, culturally wired with Todd okay. Whitaker yeah, I was just going to ask if you had read that one. That was a really good one. Um, and I'll make sure that we have a link for that in the show notes. But it's School Culture Rewired, and that's by Todd Whitaker and Steve Grunert. I'll probably say that wrong. Um, but then there's another one that um, we're using in our district that I should be able to say off of the top of my head. But I can't. I'm going to have to look it up. I think it's like the culture of high achievement or something. Yeah. I think so. Um, yeah, and I, I haven't decided yet. I, I basically have five focal points and um, forming this building leadership team that I'm excited about. And the, they're the people who, in conversations in the last year as I was getting to know them, have shown a passion for it, um, whether it's curriculum and looking at common assessments or whether it's technology. We are, okay, so that's what I was going to, I haven't gotten to that yet because we were going to do a circular. <laughs> Yeah, that's something big at the high school is figuring out, you know, right now, because we're prepping for the year, right? So we're trying to figure out a good freshman orientation, um, which is huge for high school. It's that transitional year. So um, getting that of that one-to-one and also one of the things I'm thinking about is building that understanding for parents. Like why do we need, why do we want kids to have those devices in their hands and, and for teachers, what practices are we putting into place that actually makes this um, feasible and makes sense for kids and just so that's that's a lot of the planning going in um, at the beginning of this year too not only for the freshmen but then last year was our first year being a one-to-one and we actually have a one-to-one slash bring your own device so um, just kind of 
figuring out some of the, the kinks that were there and trying to iron those out and communicating those out because there were some frustrations, you know, for people so, with that. So, Sarah, our, it's, it's September 23rd. I'm in your cafeteria. I'm a student, and I'm on my device. Am I going to get in trouble? Better not. No. No? Um, no. Uh, hopefully you're working on, you know, it doesn't really matter. Uh, we have... See that one-to-one, -one, we have Chromebooks that we've given to most of the kids because we are trying to be uh, more of the Google-based and using Google Docs and those kinds of things. Um, you know, it's it's not encouraged that they game, you know, during the you know at the in the cafeteria. But for the most part, if they've got it, it's more open. I am trying to work on that mindset, though. Um, we struggle, you know, if it's a school-given device, then people have more comfort level with it because then we've got the security in place that parents really actually that's what I heard most from last year was the parents in terms of how we're making sure that their kids are safe. Um, because you know what, the high school level we have these um, these personal devices that can be awesome and we all know that. Uh, but one of the things we dealt with last year was a was an app called Yik Yak. Have you all ever heard of that? Yeah. 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 And that was a, a pretty disgusting situation in terms of how it was being utilized. You know, Tua is finding that balance and helping the community with that mindset, you know, that embracing technology, um, helping teachers embrace it, but have not have a fear of it, but then also when those things go awry, how do we address it, you know? So I don't know, and by the way, I don't have the answers to all of that, so don't ask me. <laughs> well, the good, the good thing is, especially for high schools, there's so many places that have uh, blazed a trail for you and yes. uh, for your teachers, because a lot of times they need to see that example. So there's plenty of examples now, you know, BYOD, there's plenty of examples of allowing cell phones, you know, in the school, and, um, you know, and, and for some, it's, yeah, it's ripping that Band-Aid off and, you know, and, and for others, it's that fear and trepidation of, you know, if something goes wrong, then they want to punish everybody and, you know, and I mean, it's, and sometimes they'll say, like, well, it's easier for you to be at the elementary level because, you know, you're really, you're not getting a lot of, of, that, of those problems, uh, but I think it's our job to be, you know, to be allowing that as well and to help model that digital citizenship. I am a K-8 exactly. building, and I had a ton of trouble in my upper elementary classrooms last year with kids being kids, you know, just being, um, just, you know, I mean, literally just, you know, trying to search for something, and, and, you know, the deeper you get into it, and then all of a sudden you're in a place that you shouldn't be, and there's yeah. a problem, you know, just because it's not high school doesn't mean we don't have it. Right. Yeah. Um, okay, so... Um, what would you say uh, it, are your 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 three goals that you want to accomplish by the end of September to like ensure that you're going to have a great opening? You didn't ask me that question ahead of time, so I have I need a little bit of think time for a moment. Um, by the end of September, <laughs> she's well, going to like recite an SLO right now. Come on. Well, it like you're about to. By the end of September. That's right. 67% of my students will. 
<laughs> oh my gosh, so that would be so overachieving right now for me to put it in percentage, huh? No, um, by the end of September, what I really want is staff comfortable with any new structures that we put in place for that um, period at the end of the day, which has been typically called an advisory period, and I haven't rolled this yet with my staff, but I'm looking at um, not a homework help time, I'm looking at actual you know, interventions, so I want those to be running comfortably and I want the students to be comfortable with that idea that they'll get help and that it's not just a let's get out of class early because we have a sporting event kind of time. And so um, and to be utilized comfortably. Also in their professional learning communities I want um, you know staff to be talking about uh, well a flipped situation so by the end of September I want them to have you know dived pretty well into we're in the Danielson framework so I want them to be having good conversations and plans for the year in terms of how they're going to address their own learning in those areas um, specifically the questioning and discussion techniques and student engagement um, and assessment practices so those are pretty big I you know um, and then I want uh, by the end to you know well, by the end, we'll have homecoming. That's that's going to be a good indicator if we have kids happy and participating, um, because that's a huge one right now. I when I came to Spooner, um, the adults told me that they didn't feel like the kids had a strong connection culturally, and they had a lot of different reasons why. Um, I had kids throughout the year tell me that they didn't feel is that we've got a really great start but we really do have some um, indicators of concern and so I, you know I want to have things in place one of the things that I'm doing is having a group of kids come in before because that was another preparation is having them come in and making some plans we have something implemented last year that we call rails rallies and it's a once a month um, all school gathering where we come together and, and celebrate successes whether that is you know the kids that went to the um, honors project for music or whether it's the sporting events or the you know if it's attendance or um, any participation in any um, extra activities like forensics all of those things we would um, kind of honor at those and then just kind of have some fun and Jess knows this about me it's really hard for me not to um, want to get up on stage and sing uh, <laughs> I don't do that but trying to get you know like to cultivate that um, school can be fun and we can showcase it at the end of the year last year we here we we had students walk out um, at the end of the year uh, in kind of protest for some things that were um, out there in the media and happening with our staff and so by the end of September I really want those conversations to have been faced and plans to have been made that are embraced by the students to have all you know everybody moving forward positively. Um, so anyway, we ended our last Rails rally. It was it was just awesome. It was a combination of teachers giving out awards um, and then a talent show um, with students that were, you know, singing and just showing some amazing things. So that's what I want to be able to do by the end is just to get that month is going to be hefty. I I really admire how. Um like some of the things you just said you went through like a student walkout like in your first year as a principal like how that could be completely devastating for some and just you know turn somebody away from the principalship but how you reflected on it and you're bringing in student voice and and trying to turn it around and change the culture and and do some really awesome things in your high school and your your district that's that's just awesome thanks I, well, I want them to I want them to feel heard but I also want them to feel happy to be in our school <laughs> so I the best way I feel like we can do that is to get their voices out 
So I can send you some resources uh, of some some things that we've been doing in our in our district. Awesome. Um, you know, some things to read and um, you know, some real good stuff coming out of uh, DC um, by a, a gentleman by the name Paul Gorski. He's doing some really good work on equity, diversity, you know, things like that, and getting into uh, the mindsets of um, teachers, you know, and and how you do set that climate and culture for, uh, you know, in, embracing all climate, all, all cultures. Sure. Yeah. Sounds good. Anything. <laughs> all right. So I don't know what it was about you, Sarah, but we were all thinking that we're going to be bringing back a segment that we used to. <laughs> Thanks for sharing in the learning with us today. Remember to subscribe and leave a review on iTunes and continue the conversation by joining the Boxer Group. Links can be found at principalpln.com. There are lots of solutions out there for giving students what they need when they need it. But when do they actually do all those things? You need flexible time. When added into your master schedule, flex time enables students to get extra help or intervention, meet with teachers, make up work, get physical exercise, and try new enrichment offerings. If you're thinking of giving it a try, check out MyFlex Learning, which unlocks the benefits of flex time without the common challenges. Its intuitive design and SIS integration makes implementation and training a breeze. Make your flex time work for you. Visit MyFlexLearning.com B to learn more and receive $500 off your first year. That's MyFlexLearning.com B-E. Do you want to save time on prep work, increase student achievement for all of your students, reliably meet Tier 1 standards? You can do it all, but don't waste another minute. Head straight to IXL.com B to learn how IXL's research-proven teaching and learning platform can help you achieve these goals. That's IXL.com B-E.